Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sovereign Mind, Body, and Soul podcast with Coach Jerry. I am Coach Jerry. And if you've never joined us before on any of your podcasts, just as a refresher, this podcast was created to help people just like you, busy people, busy professionals, and parents find their highest state of fitness, focus, and energy for life. And we're doing that by sharing the truth about what it takes to be a sovereign person. Um, and a lot of your sovereignty is in your own control, and it has uh, a direct correlation with your habits, your health, and the choices that you make and the way you see the world. So today I have a very special guest, and this guest embodies all of that, everything we've talked about. If you want to talk about somebody who's made conscious choices in life to control their own fate, to reverse course when they didn't like the way things are going, Jen Schmill is the perfect example for you. And I use that word perfect on purpose, and you'll find out why later in the show. Jen Schmill is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach and competitor. She's also a mixed martial arts competitor and a farmer, which makes her like a <laughs> geranium and soil and hydro expert. Right, Jen? I wouldn't say expert. Okay. okay. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't say expert. That's, that's what we came up with before the show. So, Jen, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, so, like, I'm just going to state the obvious, right? So we don't have to, like, pretend like we're not going to talk about this for, for the whole show, but... Jen is a whopping four foot, 10 inches tall, 105 pounds, right? That, that's not competitive. Or is that com competitive weight? No. Compa okay. That's so that's not even her fighting weight. Okay. <laughs> so that's her weight before she cuts. Now, um, if you look at Jen, I mean, you, you would, you would say, okay, I, I can see it. I get it. She, she looks like, she looks like she can handle herself, but there's still that, like, why, what, what, what was the draw? Jen, what, what the hell got you into mixed martial arts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Yeah, good question. Um, so where I grew up, there wasn't a lot besides sports. Like all we had was sports. Um, and I started by volleyball, softball, basketball, all the sports you could think of. And when I got to college, I didn't have those. So I was like, what else can I fill my time with? What's this gap in my life? I'm super competitive. I'm driven. I need something and school wasn't cutting it. So I found jujitsu mm. and that was kind of my drive into switching from a super competitive team sport to an individual competitive sport. Wow. And um, did this take the world by storm? Like did, was everybody <laughs> who knows you shocked that you made this choice? No, not everybody. Not everybody. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody. It was a it was a weird thing that jujitsu was the draw, and MMA was the draw for sure. I tried all the city league stuff. I tried the softball teams. I tried the volleyball teams. I tried ultimate frisbee. I tried basketball. Being four four foot ten, there's not a lot yeah. that people look at you and you're like. I want you on my team. Right, right. Martial arts was the one that I didn't need a team fully. Yeah. I just needed to do it myself. Gotcha. Um, and you now you did jujitsu first and then you got into mixed martial arts? Yeah. Uh, how long did you do jujitsu before you got into mixed martial arts? Like three years. Three years. Yeah. Okay. So you're doing jujitsu for three years. And um, uh, there, I mean, jujitsu people dedicate a whole entire life to mastering that sport. But something in you was like, I want to try something else. So what was the draw for you to say, I want to get in the steel cage and get punched in the face? Lauren. Lauren. Oh, okay. So Lauren is a best friend, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so the best friend, as loving best friends do, say. Yeah. She goes, I want to punch you in the face. Yeah. You got you to come to practice and at least try. Gotcha. And 
I found out that it's a lot like jujitsu. The same thing that drew me to jujitsu of self-betterment and being the biggest, best, strongest that I can be is also the same as MMA. Uh, You're just getting punched in the face. (laughs) And that's how unconditional love works, right? Like you just, if you really care about somebody, you drag them to the cage and say, yeah, you can punch each other in the face. It's not even, it's not, people always think that martial arts is based out of anger and Mm -hmm. it's not based out of anger. It's a mutual respect and trust of, I trust you enough to believe that you know what you're doing, that you won't hurt me Mm. during practice. Practice is all consensual. It's very much the martial art aspect of this is where we're at. This is how we're going to physically be better, mentally be better, spiritually be better. And you have to trust that the other person is feeling the same way. Yeah. So it's not, it's not a, like, I'm mad at you and I'm going to kill you thing. It's very much the opposite. Right. I would say that um, it might be safe to say that 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 might be a common misconception out there. Yeah. In other mm-hmm. words, mixed martial arts, maybe more so than jujitsu, you could probably speak to that much better than I could. Um, but what kind of what kind of struggles have you dealt with as far as people not understanding the sport in general and your involvement in it? Yeah, all of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's it's a lot of the ground is an equalizer, so. Like if you threw two people in the ocean that both were the same level of swimming, they would both excel, right? Same thing with jujitsu. I can go against somebody that's 220 pounds, 6'4", and still be able to survive on my own being 4'10", and 105 pounds. Because the ground is a very much equalizer. Yeah. It takes some of their stuff away, but it also takes away from some of my abilities as well. So it just kind of equals everybody out a little bit. Gotcha. So I feel jujitsu was that for me that like I needed something that I could be good at. I needed something that would equalize me with everybody. And that's kind of where I was like, oh, this is this is a good one. Yeah. MMA is a little bit different, yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously. But once I was solid enough in my jujitsu understanding and how it works and what I need to do for myself. I was able to tackle more of the MMA of these are the things that I'm good at. This is where I excel my speed, agility, and how can I use that on the feet mm-hmm. as well. Gotcha. So one one feeds the other. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this isn't just your typical, like, you know, you had the choice of all the sports we do, right? And then, um, but you choose this. We're, we're all the choices we make are driven by our motivators, right? As as we've spoke about at length in the last few months. But um, what would you say would if you could explain it? What your biggest motivation for wanting to choose these extreme tests on yourself was? There something, um, something you know, when you were growing up that made you want to challenge yourself or doubt yourself or maybe prove yourself? What what was kind of the impetus of of you making this choice? So a lot of things. Um, I, as you know, I'm a one. Yeah. I'm very perfectionistic and I need to be driven into things. And growing up in a very small town, there wasn't a lot besides sports. And that kind of grew me into sports was my like escape. And it was what I was driven to be perfect at, to excel in my family. Um, martial arts just kind of added to that. Mm. And it was that, like, I need to be perfect. Yeah. 
at some form of sport yeah. to be accepted. Gotcha. And it kind of went against <laughs> every part of my family to oh. choose a martial art because everybody's reaction is that it's an anger-driven thing. It's, mm. it's not acceptable for a young lady sure. my size to go into something so brutal. Yeah, yeah. And that's a great lesson for all of us that um, our level of acceptance of things or resistance to things a lot of times is based on what we've labeled it as. And I would say 99 out of 100 times, we don't have enough information to put any labels on it. Um, and so would that be a that be an accurate description that you know the people that are that are hesitant to accept your choice probably haven't put in the time to figure out for themselves from you or anyone else exactly what it is you're doing. Yeah. 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 I always get a lot of questions from non-family members of why jujitsu. Like jujitsu just seems like such a brutal outlet mm -hmm. and I did have some cousins that got into karate and that kind of like shaped half of the family and the understanding that martial arts has a spiritual aspect to it you can be calm you can be very much nitpicky and perfectionistic about what you're doing and how that relates to you in your life and jiu-jitsu there's so many aspects of jiu-jitsu that relate to life it's insane sure <laughs> like, right you could be um on the ground with somebody on top of you and they're trying to choke you and be totally calm and in your little zone of like this is fine it's totally fine yeah like just like in life sometimes you you hit rock bottom and you just have to find a way out jiu-jitsu is the same way Sometimes you're in the worst spot imaginable and you have to find your way out. Right. And that kind of gives me chills. What, what comes up for me there is, is something that I strive to, um, to help people to understand and realize. And that is that situations aren't objectively good or bad. Right. And so it's like if I was on the mat and someone was on top of me trying to choke me. I'm guessing I wouldn't have the same level of calmness, <laughs> yeah. right? And um, tranquility that someone such as yourself, who's an expert in the sport has. Um, and those, those people that didn't understand once you were able to explain to them really what it was, did they kind of flip the script or change their mindset on, on how they were viewing your Some of them. I feel like jujitsu is not for everybody. Yeah. Some people just physically, mentally can't handle it. And then you run into other things. Like there's other things in their life that they're not dealing with and that doesn't allow them to be all into the sport. Mm. But for a lot of people, they find that within the first week. They'll they'll come in just a brand new person. They usually, we call it the white belt spaz. Yeah. Like they just, they have no control over themselves or their experience and that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. And they just try to muscle and spaz out of it. But at some point, if they come a couple of times, they learn like, oh, this person on top of me isn't isn't freaking out. It's not based out of anger. Like yeah. there is a way out. And once you finally kind of grasp that, the sport gets so much more fun. Right. All over. Right. And I think about when you say things like that, I, I think about Bruce Lee. Mm -hmm. And of course, right? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, like water. You like that. Yeah. Water can crash. Water can flow. But... Like there is no, in other words, uh, there's no, in my mind, there's no like 
bifurcation and your our reverence for Bruce Lee when we look at his martial arts and his really acting performances with martial arts, like his physical um, his physical abilities are just wow, we're just mind blowing, right? But on top of that, the the way his mind, body, and soul connection worked, yeah. and the way he was able to communicate in very few words what was going on inside and and just blow people's minds. Um, and I think in today's world, we've just kind of gotten that either or, right? There's these there's these fitness influencers, there's these I call them trick shot artists where they do crazy stuff on you know, um, on Instagram or whatever. And then you've got the people that just stand there and, and spit fire. Right. But it's just like, why, what's wrong with having people that do all of that? Yeah. Right. Um, and you're one that does absolutely one that does. And one thing that, one thing that I, we have to share today, um, but before we do is how much you've changed in the last few months. And it, I, I do this for a living. I see a lot of people go through all kinds of transformations in the mind, body, soul. Um, and yours has been one of the most impressive by far. But before we get to that, were you always athletic? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. Unpack that, would you? <laughs> yeah. So I discovered when I went from high school to college that there was more than just chicken and vegetables to eat. And I lived in Texas for a year. And everything down south is fried and buttered and delicious, mm -hmm. but not great for your diet. So going from a um, very much vegetable-based diet to just whatever I wanted, yeah. I gained 50 pounds my freshman year. Woo! Yeah. Freshman 15? Freshman 15 went up. to freshman yeah. 50. Trying to do it perfect, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I sure did. I perfected junk food eating. Gotcha. Sure. Gotcha. Yeah. Just as clarification before we get too far in the weeds on that, guys. Jen mentioned earlier you might have caught it. She said she's a type 1. And then we, we've used the perfect word perfect, I think, all 10 or 1,000 times, right, to, already. So Jen is a type 1, and that's in regards to her personality within the Enneagram scale. So and a type 1 on the Enneagram scale is is referred to as the perfectionist. And so they they have a real a high, um, high rate of attention towards detail and um, organization. So that's Jen's that's, – that's where that's coming from. That's why we're throwing that word perfect around a lot. <laughs> Um, so you put on 50 pounds your freshman year and you mentioned earlier, you know, your diet at home and she comes from a small town in Montana. And uh, so your diet sounds like it was pretty regimented. Very much. With your parents. My mom is also one. Yeah. So her ideal diet was no sugar, no refined foods, very much like chicken and vegetables, meat and vegetables, lean meats. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't have even chips very yeah. often. I remember going in to the kitchen every once in a while when I wanted a snack and we'd have like confection sugar and I would just grab a spoonful of that and like eat Sneak it. it. Yeah. Yeah. But we didn't have, we didn't have drunk food. How'd it feel to be naughty? <laughs> good. It felt good, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, now, so like this, this might confuse a lot of people, right? Like it's like, uh, wait a minute. Like sounds like mom was trying to do the right thing. Right. So if you could, maybe put a label on what was missing as far as your understanding on why that was the diet that you were given, right? Because it's the diet we're doing now, right? <laughs> it is. It's exactly the so, diet we're doing. Um, so like mom was, you know, right, but there was something missing in the communication, yeah. right? What would you say that was? She never explained why we were eating like that. Mm -hmm. It was just, this is the way it is. And when you're somewhere else, like, I don't want you eating that. Mm -hmm. And it was never explained why. 
Gotcha. Simple explanation would have probably curved that a little bit. Yeah. But just the way it was, you just instantly, as soon as you're told you can't do something, you want to do it. Right. Right. And do you ever find yourself approaching things like your mother did? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. Um, and uh, so, like, it, you can't get buy-in if people don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Um, and did it surprise your mom when you gained 50 pounds in freshman year? I don't think so. No. <laughs> she knew it was coming, did you? <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Um, so what did you do? You put on 50 pounds, then what? Then I tried getting back into shape and doing all those crash course diets and doing all the cardio and figured out I hate cardio and I despise it and there's nothing about it that I like. Mm -hmm. So it just didn't work until I found jujitsu. Mm -hmm. And it was something that's very cardio based, very much your full body workout without feeling like you're doing a workout. Yeah. How much of eating that fried food and, and southern cooking? Oh man! How much do you how, like? <laughs> let's be honest. Let's 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 unpack that. Like, how much of that was you just curious, curious, and how much of that was you wanted to be naughty? Yeah, all all of the above. All of the above, like it 50, was, 50 yeah, or, yeah, it was it was a good 50 50. I'd like I remember going to the fair, and everything is fried. Like yeah. they that you have carts of just things that you can pick, and they'll fry it in front of you. Yeah, the Twinkies. So are it was fried. like Twinkies and Twix, ice and cream they balls. Had, Butter, fried they had sticks cream. of butter that you could pick and you could just deep fry it and eat butter. Oh. And I was like, that's, I didn't do that one. But the Oreos, the funnel cakes. I hope you get sugar eggs, with the like... fried butter. I mean, you know, fried butter by itself would not be good for you. <laughs> no. You need sugar. You, need sugar with that. you could put some confection. They just had like things of confection sugar uh... that you could just sprinkle over top. The most unhealthy things, oh my right? Gosh. I'm constipated so just listening to this. That was like part of it of. <laughs> Oh, I wonder if that would actually be good. Yeah. And then the other part was just like, I am going to eat this because I can. And there's nobody around to tell I'm me so I can't. so bad right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm so naughty. <laughs> so naughty. Um, yeah. So like human nature, right, is like, you know, things aren't explained to us. We, we feel not a part of the process, right? We feel disregarded, unacknowledged, um, even if we know that it's right for us. And... Um, it's like we got to ask ourselves, how often do we do that to ourselves, right? And um, tying that into big picture stuff is like, you know, we talk all the time about intention, about what we're doing behind what we're doing, you know, value-based action as opposed to desire-based action, right? The infinite versus the finite. Um, and if we aren't on the same page in our mind, body, and soul towards our big purpose in life, right? And um, some people would say God's purpose Whatever, whatever, whatever resonates with you, um, and around you know surrounding your core values. But that to me, that is just like you telling the child eat that vegetable, and not really being in tune with why, right? We might you might sit down and and write it down on a piece of paper and look at it a hundred times or whatever, but three years later you forget, right? So it's like we that's why that's a big part of why we sabotage you guys is because we lose track of why we're doing what we're doing. And it doesn't matter if it's self to self or adult to child or child to adult, like we don't understand. Just like Jen's family didn't understand why she was doing jujitsu, so it was automatically um, verboten, right? Mm -hmm. Much like when Jen was told to eat the vegetables and the lean meat, in her mind, it was like, fuck this, this is verboten, right? As soon as I can, I'm done with this, right? So it's just a little, I don't know what you call it. I don't know if it's ironic or neat little nuance, but you know, I always like peeking under the hood. Ironic. 
Yeah, yeah, oh, totally ironic. <laughs> it really is, you know. And it's just like I don't. Even, I could just, I could just imagine you know the conversation with mom. It's like, what did you do? Or why did you choose this sport? You know, I could imagine. You know, yeah. um, you just don't understand. You know, um, but like I said earlier, you've changed a bunch, and um, in big ways, and in, in ways that that, it, that most people have the hardest time changing. Um, you know, as a, a little background, Jen and I have been working together for a few months, and. Um, as you guys may have heard me mention in some of my content or some of my podcasts, that my approach to health is probably different than you're used to. Um, most 90 to 95% of the people I work with, whether it be back pain uh, clients or weight loss clients or fitness clients or energy clients, whatever the case may be, um, in very short order, we figure out the problem has nothing to do with their food choices, has nothing to do with their exercise program. Um, and it usually doesn't have anything to do with that, with how much sleep they're getting or how much water they're drinking. And, and here's why it's because it's not about what they're putting in their body. It's about why they're making the choices they make. And that, is, that goes through every thread within you, every thread within your being. And that's why the fitness industry has done such an amazing fucking job, like a plus plus gold medal. They've done a fantastic job of taking something that's so damn simple, so innate and something that's instinctual in us. And made it extremely difficult and profitable. Right? We talk about health. We are geared to be healthy. Our soul and our our heart and our mind and our body is pushing us towards being the healthiest version of us. It's easier on the body. It's easier on the mind and soul, um, and it makes accomplishing our objectives so much easier. So that pain that we're feeling, that lack of energy, that uh, those racing thoughts, those are almost always directly. Uh, attributable to whatever needs are in your life that are unmet. And those needs are surrounding what you value. And those values are surrounding what your big purpose is. So all this ties in. And it's just some people manifest their, their lack of fulfillment with pain in the back because they're working extra hours. They're staring at the screen longer. They're studying more so they can accomplish something they don't even know why. And someone else it manifests in binge eating. Someone else it manifests in staying up late and being addicted to uh, streaming movies or porn or whatever, you name it. So that's why taking an allopathic approach, this for that, has been so ineffective. And that's why we are sicker, fatter, more depressed, more angry, higher divorce, highest divorce rate, highest rates of childhood uh, or adult onset diseases in children, highest uh, rates of divorce, suicide. But um, if I was redundant, my apologies. But Despite having the most information, the most connectivity, the most free content on our health, on our mental uh, well-being that's ever, ever existed. It would take you a thousand years to go to the library and get through the information cliff noted for you that you could find in 10 minutes on Instagram today. But we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. I'm sorry, we don't. The root cause is always the same, you guys. It's in between the years first place you got to start so when you first came mm -hmm. right it was like definitely you weren't a mess but like oh, I would say I was a mess no you were not <laughs> you were not a mess but there was a lot of there was a lot of things that you didn't understand about yourself being a type one you just wanted to fix yeah right um and that's for for a type one perfectionist that's like their biggest like I gotta fix it I gotta fix it um but there was things a lot of things about you want to quote unquote fix uh, what would you say, like, was the, the switch that flipped for you? 
what was the thing that, that, that when it landed, you're like, oh, shit, okay, this is, this is okay, this makes sense. Um, personality type, like knowing my personality type, like fully knowing who I am and all the like nitpicky things about me that you call like your superego. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that and being able to use that in my day-to-day life and having tools in order to do that was like the big like oh this all makes sense Hmm. yeah right um and notice how short that answer was (laughs) like seriously like think about like this was would you say the number one source of frustration or lack of satisfaction in your life yeah right you (laughs) (laughs) shocker the answer is the same for everybody we are the number one source of disappointment in all of our lives um subjectively uh but that answer was so succinct and short, right? And guys, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be complex, right? You shouldn't be going to therapy for two years, right? Yeah. Um, what did it cost you not knowing that much about yourself? So much stress and anxiety and just like, I don't want to say like terror of day to day, but like just the anxiety that every day that I wake up, I was just automatically anxious and stressed about everything that was going to mm-hmm. happen in the day. What'd that do to your energy level? Tanked. Yeah. I didn't want to get out of bed like ever. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you first came <laughs> saw me, you didn't you didn't come for any of this. There, no. It was body related. <laughs> so what in the body was going on that caused um, that caused you to come see everything? See yeah. Hips, legs, back, knees, joints, shoulders, neck, everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that was all in the quest to be perfect, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what would what did the quest to be perfect? How did that manifest pain in your body? I would overtrain like crazy mm-hmm. because I wanted everything in my life to be perfect. I wanted everything at the farm to work well and to be perfect. And in order to do that, you have to work harder. I wanted coaching to go so much smoother. I wanted everybody to be happy. And in order to do that, I needed to lead by example and train as hard as I expected everybody else to train. And not only that, but I needed to make myself perfect. And in mm-hmm. order to do that, I have to train an ungodly amount of hours and they have to have everything perfect mm. and that's not you're not capable of that right nobody's right. capable of that right it's following an illusion right mm. right this illusion of perfection and for some of you it might be inadequacy and or it might be weak and vulnerable or it might be uh missing out on something but whatever that is that we think is missing or that we think we if once we get there you know the puzzle will be complete it's an illusion it's a total illusion. And if you take a look at what Jen was going through, right, overtraining, but on top of that, the uh, the rest of the day, all the ruminating thoughts, right, based on that pursuit of perfection, they were just draining your energy, draining her body's um, uh, ability to regulate her nervous system, draining her body's ability to manage her fascial network and her neurological system um, so that her so that her body can stay balanced in homeostasis. Um, and all of that was more or less found in a one sentence <laughs> answer, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, I'm really curious what you think the biggest difference is, um, in your overall world today versus three months ago. But before that, we'll kind of tease this with your last, your last, uh, jujitsu tournament. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, typically you go into a tournament a certain way, you have a certain preparation, mm-hmm. And this one was different. 
So how do you typically, <laughs> how do you typically prepare for a jujitsu tournament? What's your typical experience? And then what was your most recent experience with your tournament prep and your tournament experience? Yeah. Normally, uh, I block out four to six weeks of training time. So for at least four weeks, I have certain positions that I drill. I detail work all of the things that I know I'm not the best at. And I drill that until I can get it right in a live round. And then you're just like honing skills, doing extra cardio for two solid weeks. So two weeks of perfection, like detail work in every position. And then two weeks of intense um, cardio, harder rounds, making sure that you're physically ready to go to a tournament. Yeah. This time I did none of that. <laughs> what did you do? I did none of that. <laughs> I taught my regular classes. I did my regular schedule. I worked my normal hours and then I would go home. I didn't do any formal prep whatsoever. I didn't detail any specific positions. I just did my basic research in classes and taught the classes and rolled like I normally would and went to the tournament. How'd you do? I won. <laughs> and what was your experience like in this compared to what you what you normally would experience? It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a good, it's a good weird, but it's just, it was one of those like, <sighs> I can't believe that worked. <laughs> because I didn't feel prepared. I had like the whole way there. It's like a two-hour drive. This is in Spokane. So it was like a two-hour drive of just constant anxiety of like, did I do this? And is it for nothing? Like, what did I do to myself? Did I actually sign up for this without prepping? Like, I'm probably just going to go and lose and then battling all of those negative thoughts and emotions mm -hmm. the entire time leading up to it. And then once I got there, I was like, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. I didn't train for it, but I just have to trust that I am good enough that this is okay. Yeah. You didn't train for it like you normally do. Yes. But you did train. But I did. You did train. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that we talked about that inner critic and we all have a loud inner critic and some of us um, talk back to the inner critic. Some of us don't. Um, was your What was your inner critic saying like the whole fight prep? This isn't going to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this was Jen's idea. This was nothing we worked on together, which consequently is like the perfect thing for Jen to do, uh, you know, to get herself in a state of breaking out of old patterns, um, breaking the mold, so to speak, and daring to try something different. Right. Um, it really fired me up when I heard about this because this is uh, something that she was intuitively guided to. And do you, do you know what guided you there, Jen? No. No. It just happened. It just happened. It just happened. So, yeah. I just let I just let go. Yeah. Which is not a normal thing for me. Right. I have to control everything. And it was weird. It was weird. Like I did have nights at home that I was like, I could sit down and I normally write out like my four week plan. I write it out, I color code it, like everything is organized and written out. And I had times that I was like, I could do that. Or I could just sit and meditate and think about how stressed I would be doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we talked about, like, in the past, you might have plan A, B, and C. 
But if plan A, B, and C don't go well, what usually happens when that when you get in that situation? I fall apart and I usually freeze and I get angry and then all emotion <laughs> goes out the window and there's no control. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I prepare so much that I found myself unprepared really fucking quick. Right. Yes. And then when I didn't prepare, right, there was no plan there's no to plan. go sideways. Right. There's no plan that could fail. Right. Um, and this also brings up like the the fact of how our subconscious guides us and how that super ego inner critic um really is affecting us at all times but through your growth you've grown to the point to where you're stronger than your inner critic um which i would intuitively say is why you just said well, i don't know i'm gonna have a i'm gonna just say fuck it this time and see what happens Right. Whereas before, I don't know why I was doing this. I don't know why I really don't. I mean, I think that's exactly what you said when I asked you. You're like, I don't know. I didn't. It seems like the right thing to do. Right. Um, so besides that, that fight prep was an obvious example. Right. Yeah. Of, of, whoa, holy shit, things are different. Would you say there's one thing that you could point to that you say would be the biggest difference in your overall life today than it was, you know, three months ago or whatever? my ability to deal with stress stress doesn't actually exist yeah it's just my resistance to doing things yeah that exists right and figuring out a way to deal with that was one of the biggest like light bulb moments that i can think of of like i'm stressed out that somebody might not have had a good time at class why yeah. <laughs> why was that stressing me out so bad <laughs> well, maybe I didn't give them enough attention or maybe I didn't prep hard enough for class to make sure that they had a good time. But I can't control how other people feel about what I do. Right, right. You just operate with the best of intentions and sometimes it lands, sometimes it doesn't. Um, why, is, why is fighting in martial arts so special to you? I mean, this is your jam. This is yeah. what you love. It is. What's so special about it? Everything. I love that I can be good at something that people underestimate me at. Mm -hmm. I love that I can be good at something that gives me a drive and a purpose. I love that I can teach people not only a jujitsu skill, but life skills all at the same time. And when they have that light bulb moment, it's like, yeah. It's so satisfying. It's perfect, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and coaching. Why, why do you love coaching? I've always, I've always felt that I could lead. I just didn't know where. Mm. I always thought that I would be a teacher. And then I went to school for teaching and discovered very quickly that I do not like college classes. Mm -hmm. And I do not like the way that they teach teachers to teach. Yeah. Hate it. Yeah. <laughs> and so that kind of curved that. And I was like, maybe I could be a personal trainer. And nope. 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 Also don't like the way they do that. So jujitsu yeah, is we can, kind we of we can do a whole podcast on that yeah. one. Yeah. And <laughs> nothing against personal trainers out there. Nothing against you at all. If that's your path, good for you. If that's your path. And I'm sure you don't like a lot of the rules you have to follow working in the gym you're working in. So I, I know a lot of personal trainers and um, 
a lot of the things that are lacking and what they can deliver, they are well aware of what's lacking yep. and they're just as frustrated about it. And that's the whole like uh, uh, centralized model of everything. Right? When you talk about the things that are biggest problems in this world, we're looking at the medical system, the educational system, um, the pharmaceutical system, right? I'm just tied into the medical, um, the government, the media, like all of this. Um, but when you start looking at just like just the centralization concept, if you go and you sign up at a Planet Fitness or or 24 Hour Fitness or something, and you go in, they want to give you the possible rates, cheapest rates that they can, right? Because they they want you they want you coming back and they want it to be a value. But that poor personal trainer only gets like 50, 60 percent of that. Um, the gym gets the rest, and what those trainers go through, what they learn as far as uh, biomechanics and and kinesiology and and um, you know exercise variables, they learn a lot that can be really beneficial to people, but they're not getting anything near what they're worth. So, um, and I'm not trying to speak for trainers, but just in what I know about people and, and what I see and observe in the gyms is a lot of them are checked out. They, they just, they're fuck it, you know, and there's not an accountability system really. Um, there's no continued coaching. There's no, if you're a trainer and you know exactly that this person needs something besides exercise, you can't deliver it to them. And I know that frustrates them. I know it frustrates them greatly. Yeah. Um, do you have a preference between coaching and, and competing? I love competing. Mm. I love competing because it's based off of me. I can, I can control me mm -hmm. and that's it. Right. Coaching goes into the aspect of, I can give you ways of doing jujitsu. I can give you ways to be better you can take it or leave it and that's out of my control yeah. so coaching is fun and i love i love coaching but i would much rather travel and compete coaching's just my my side thing of i want i want people to also love jujitsu because it's all encompassing mm -hmm. and what about farming <laughs> I do love farming. I love growing things. I like starting them from seed and seeing what I can do with them and how much that nature is a representation of life is just insane. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that I can grow, I can relate yeah. to life just like jujitsu. Speaking of relating, has your relationship with the soil and the plants and the, you know, the land and the, and, and the vegetation, has that changed at all since, since you've, grown personally i admire it so much more mm -hmm. i would say i didn't think that was possible because i liked i liked farming i always loved being outside loved being in nature the sunlight dirt under your nails like there's just always been something about it that i've been drawn to but since i started working with you it's definitely like a nature is so cool yeah right <laughs> like right and it's one thing to just you know um superficially say oh go outside and connect with nature Right. But if you're not connected to everything else, what's connection? What yes. does that mean? Right. Um, and just like your fight prep intuitively happened, it's like all of a sudden, wow, this, this soil seems different now. This, this, these vegetables, they just seem different now. Yeah. Right? Um, so in closing, I'm sure there's a few people out here that whose ears perked up when we, mentioned perfectionist and perfect for anyone out there that is struggling with perfectionism 
what is a message that you can relay to them that might make them feel a little better? They're not going to like it. I never <laughs> like being told anything either, but perfection doesn't exist. Yeah. You can do what you can do and everything else is out of your control. Yeah. How people react to it, how nature reacts to it, how society reacts to it isn't up to you. So perfection doesn't actually exist. It can't even exist in your own mind. Wow. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Again, the, the most profound, <laughs> the most profound things that, that, that move the, move the needle for us are the ones that are the most simple and succinct. Right? Um, now, Jen, I'm sure a lot of people have, have grown curious about, about learning more about you. Um, where can people find you? Instagram, Facebook, do you have a favorite a favorite place you like to share your I like Instagram. Journey? Instagram. Yep. At Jujitsu Jenski. <laughs> That's a mouthful. I'll put the I'll put the uh, I'll put your link in the uh, show notes. Perfect. And then Facebook, it's just Jen Schmill. And if they'd like to follow ZubJJ, I run that one. So ZubJJ. All right. And if you guys are in the Missoula area and you're looking for an exercise modality that is going to nurture the mind, body, and soul and provide a sense of connection to tribe and community uh, and a non-judgmental atmosphere where people are looking to help one another. I highly recommend going and seeing the people at Zoo BJJ. I've observed many, many rolling sessions there and I'm sure I will be in there rolling and getting twisted in knots for too long. Um, but I highly recommend it. There's just so much, so much uh, there that is good for people. And if you have one of these preconceived notions about what martial arts actually is, maybe go check it out for yourself and, and see if that matches your current uh, definition of what, what, what uh, jujitsu or MMA or anything of the like really entails and, and what it requires to stay dedicated to a sport like that. I can say definitely firsthand working with a lot of these competitors, they are just a different breed of person and in a good way. They're, humble, they're coachable, um, they're introspective, they're honest with themselves and everyone else. And with, you know, without fail, whenever I've asked any of them, where does that come from? It's BJJ, it's jujitsu, it's humbling, you know? Um, and if you are looking for health in mind, body, and soul, and you're not in the Missoula area, you can't go to Zoo BJJ, or maybe you're just not so sure if you're ready for that, you want to see exactly where you're at, and exactly what it's going to take for you to find your highest level of fitness, focus, and energy. Uh, please look me up. I'd be happy to hear more about your story and see what we have to offer that can help you. And you can contact me, Jerry, at biohackingtruth.com. Or you can uh, contact me direct on my cell phone, 406-241-3763. You can follow me on the Instagram and the Book of Face Instagram, coach underscore Jerry 44 and uh, Facebook, Jerry Kuykendall, common spelling. Just kidding, K-U-Y-K-E-N-D-A-L-L. Um, you can join my private Facebook group, Fit, Focus, and Energize, Lifestyle Transformations by Biohacking Truth, or follow my business Facebook page, Biohacking Truth. I appreciate you all for tuning in. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please ship them my way or any topics you'd like to see covered that involve health, social, political, and just overall deep thinking that benefits the mind body soul complex i'd be more than interested to, <clears throat> i'd be more than interested to hear what you have to say or what you're curious about and if we're lucky 
I will actually have some knowledge about the topic or know where to research. So thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please give us a follow, five-star review, like, and share with anyone you think would also enjoy it. All right. Peace, much love, and live well.